time for another episode of Making Sparkles, a podcast about not making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear. I have re-recorded this introduction about five times now. Um, My dog ate one of his toys yesterday, and my partner and I had to take him to the vet ER, um, and he's okay. He's fine. Um, I try to refrain from calling him expletives at this point, but I think he threw up and passed everything. The doc seems to think he's all right, but... Did not keep him from keeping us up since two this morning, crying and complaining. Um, And now he's sleeping soundly on my bed while I continue to work, which only kind of further annoys me, even though it's kind of cute to watch him dreaming (laughs) and having little doggy dreams and barking in his sleep. I don't know. So so I'm a little loopy, um, and I wanted to record this because I'm in this really... uh, I'm in this in-between zone. So my music supervisor, Kaylee, has gotten my scores. She's gotten my battle plan for what I want to map out and do next. Um, And right now, I'm just waiting for our official meeting to map everything, which will be on Thursday. So today is Monday, uh, July 31st. So I figured the last day of July, um, I don't have a whole lot to work on until I meet with her on Thursday. So... I thought this would be a good opportunity to just kind of recap and kind of talk about what Sparkle Pony Bear, Making Sparkles, the podcast about making Sparkle Pony, what that actually is. Um, I'm sure some of you might be new to this and you're like, I don't want to listen to 17 episodes. And if you go to the first episode, you'll realize right away what we're talking about and working on now is completely different than what we're talking about or what I was talking about back then. I also kept promising to bring in people to interview, and then I was too lazy to actually ever do it. (laughs) So, (laughs) spoiler alert. (laughs) No, there are no interviewees. I don't know. There's no other people. So, this episode again, I'm just going to recap. Originally, I literally started to go from episode one and play snippets. (laughs) Then I realized that was a colossal waste of time. So instead, this is just our recap. This is our bringing everyone back to the table. Let, let, let's have our own little like hoedown. And, and we're just going to talk about not every episode I've ever done of Making Sparkles. But instead, I'm going to start with a little bit about what happened and why we're still calling it Making Sparkles Spoiler alert, it has to do with not wanting to change the URL link. 
<laughs> but we we're, we'll cover everything, right? So so just a little bit. We're gonna start with okay, why why and what making sparkles was about as opposed to what it is today. And then we're going to talk about what I'm currently working on, my instrumental work, The Book of Arius. And then through that, we're going to talk about all of this stuff leading up to what's going to happen on Thursday. And then after that little fun little recap, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of anecdotes, and I will try to be as entertaining as possible, which... I don't think it's going to happen, but bear with me. Um, And then after that, then I'm going to kind of talk about the future. And a lot of this has already been discussed in episodes. I, (laughs) you don't listen to me for my organizational structure (laughs) or necessarily my sage wisdom. I think more than anything, you listen to this because it gives you motivation that if this jack off with a microphone can do it, get in music do things, I, I certainly can do it. And I, I hope <laughs> that's the takeaway. I don't want people listening to this and being like, oh, that, I don't even know how else I would take it. So I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it at that. So I'm gonna do my little thing and then we're gonna talk. And even though to you there is no break, for me, I'm gonna have a break because I Went grocery shopping yesterday, which means I get to heat up my Trader Joe's mini pizzas. So after that, just a second. And goddamn, was that delicious. <laughs> I, oh, okay. All right. Making sparkles. So long story short, too late. Oh, I also just realized that TLDR actually means too long, don't read. Which, I don't know. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> so making sparkles um when i first moved to new york about like four or five years ago i was basically taking a break from producing bands and composing um and it was just it was really exhausting i was tired i was burnt out got out of a really fucked up relationship so basically i was every rom-com movie ever made only gay and no sense of fashion and well, maybe nothing like those movies, but I think the basic premise and gist was I was running away from my problems, moved to New York, um, lots of trials and tribulations, lots of alcohol, lots of issues, sobered up, but in that, I decided I wanted to work on a musical, because that, that's what you do. <laughs> when, you, when you move to New York City, <laughs> and you're not in an indie rock band, you write musicals, apparently, and at least that was my plan, um, and so I think after working through a lot of different cabaret projects and working through a lot of shows, I kind of came to this little sci-fi time-traveling musical called Sparkle Pony Bear um, that kind of cataloged the issues I was having with my, basically, ex, who was this crazy, abusive person they used to nickname the Evil Midget. At the time, I was still, I feel like I was still processing. Um, I just met my amazing partner, Aaron, who obviously I'm still with. <laughs> but I was still trying to figure out some things for myself. So so I thought, because I, I, I love behind the scenes. So I love video game behind the scenes. So I'm always watching Twitch. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed Jonathan Blow, who's a video game designer. Uh Literally, I'll spend hours just watching him code and explain what he's coding. I have no fucking idea what any of that coding means. 
Um, but I enjoy watching it. It's kind of like watching Bob Ross, like the joy of painting. Like it just, it always, it was soothing and entertaining and I learned a little bit. So, and I love podcasts. I, I devour podcasts. I, I, I love the podcasts, the things with the music and the audio and the talking. Uh, but anyway, so I, I wanted to kind of contribute and I just didn't really expect like, oh my God, I'm going to be the most amazing thing ever. I just wanted to kind of have an audio file that added to, you know, basically had the chronology of what I was working on. And, and just kind of through that, that would also help me as an artist kind of pinpoint and lay out what I was doing. Um, as an artist, it's kind of like my podcast. I'm a little scattered. <laughs> I'm a little all over the place. Um as a producer, it's the exact opposite. As a producer, I tend to be very organized, but it's because it's not, the work isn't mine, it's someone else's. So I, I, that Iowa farm boy mentality takes over and I, I become very dedicated and I'm like, I have to do this, um, which is why I love my own projects because I'm always the exact opposite and I always kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit. I felt like a podcast was a good way of, helping sort all of that out so it wasn't so chaotic. Um, and in tandem, I was going to do a podcast about making this musical. Because, again, when you move to New York, I'm repeating myself, but you, you write a musical. Um, and it was called Sparkle Pony Bear. Well, uh, and it was about my ex, which I already said, too. See? Told you. I'm super, super scattered. I don't know why you'd want to listen to this thing, to be completely honest. So I started working on it, and I ran into an issue. Because I always assumed to write a show, you had to start with talent. You had to have singers. I can't sing. As I've said 700 times, I sound like a gay Kermit the Frog. Ain't gonna happen. So I started working with singers. And then I started realizing very quickly, I hate working with singers. Um, correction, I love working with bands. I hate working with singers. I felt... I'd been spoiled in the band environment because there was a level of kind of dedication that goes into it, but but not because they bands especially today don't think they're going to be famous. Like they just want to get out, they want to gig, they want to like kind of live the experience, they want to go on the road, um, they want to play shows, but they're not like an actor. Um, where an actor is like, I got to get signed by an agent. I got to get on this show and I got to do this thing. And, and everyone needs to see how famous and successful I am and how special I, you know, they kind of lose the whole point of the craft and they kind of have to, because it's all about selling yourself. But I just, I couldn't cut it. It was just, it was just too much personality. And then also there would like become this level of anxiety where, they were wanting me to rush to get these projects done, and rightfully so, but it's like, that's not how the creative process works. And and then I started working with the theater community, and with the theater community, it was kind of like, they have everything built for things to work a very specific way. I'm not going to say that's good or bad, but it just it doesn't jive with what I'm doing. Um, I'm much more multimedia focused. I'm, I'm not necessarily about putting butts in seats. It's more about making sure that most people can hear what you're doing. Um, so, so all of this kind of was conflicting. And on top of that, being with Aaron, being sober for the first time. Did I mention I was a punk rock producer? Of course I was an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, a lot of factors kind of came up to a point where I was like, I don't really fucking care about my ex anymore. 
I mean, he's the reason I moved to New York, but I don't know. I, you, it was funny. I was in LA, uh, like a month or two ago and I hung out with a friend of mine who, uh, Tuan, just use his name and he'll probably say it's Tuan. I've never known. Like I've known him for a while now and I've never known if it's Tuan or Tuan. That's a side note because I know no one listens to this. (laughs) But but he originally was friends with my ex. So so I got he lives in so my friend Tuan lives in LA and so Tuan was teasing me because he was like, Well, you know, your ex moved to New York and I and I honestly for the I was like, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm never gonna see him. And I'm trying to remember the analogy I I think it was like I think it was something along the lines of like, oh, oh yeah, I remember. It's like I was explaining. It's like, yeah, at one point in my childhood, I loved Michael W. Smith and early Christian rock music and thought punk music was from the devil. But now I think Christian music is from the devil. I enjoy a good satanic Bible and I produce punk bands. So I think people evolve, people change. So with all of that happening, I kind of realized writing a musical about my ex who I didn't even care about anymore and being sober for the first time and hating theater. <laughs> I love watching good theater, but making it is just wait. They just put too much drama and stress for, for my taste and, and working with vocal talent that are actors. All of this was just, it wasn't working for me. It wasn't my thing. Um, so, and, and the only core thing that kind of came out of it was my music supervisor, Kaylee Drain. Because Kaylee, I originally met as a composer. Um, I was working on scores for this TV pilot that never got aired, and Kaylee was my cellist. Um, and then she and I regrouped because she helped hire out and work on a project where I took every song from Radiohead's OK Computer album and rearranged it for cello, drums, and like eight actors. <laughs> it was a really kick-ass show. But so through that, and you, again, all the episodes kind of talk about my love of Kaylee and, and how if I were straight, I would probably just be stalking her and making, I already make her life impossible, but it would only be worse. Um, so, so kind of through that, I just regrouped and I was like, well, I don't know if I want to produce another band. I'm a little too tired for that. That's a little bit rough. Um, didn't want to work with singers again because that's exhausting. Didn't want to write Sparkle Pony Bear or even And the Infinite, which was another show I was working on. Didn't want to work on musical theater at the, this point because it just wasn't it wasn't satisfying me. It's like I, I wasn't getting anything out of it but hurt. And it was driving my, my boyfriend crazy as well because he was like, you're miserable, stop it. Um, so that's when we kind of came up with just working on my own thing and taking my time and pivoting. We hadn't completely said we weren't going to work with singers or not. We didn't. Re- I didn't really have an outline yet at this point. I just knew I was going to scrap everything I was doing and I was going to start from scratch. And then that's where we kind of end up with the whole situation with this fucking podcast. I think at this point we were like 15 episodes deep and I'm stubborn. I am stubborn as a fucking mule. So I wasn't just going to give up all of the hard work and all the mp3s I put out. Um, At the same time, I was already paying for my SoundCloud Pro account to host it, which 
I don't even know if SoundCloud's going to be around at the time of this airing podcast, or the time that I air this podcast, to be completely honest. So if no one hears it, then there you go. It goes into the ether of nothingness. Um, but I thought the name was really cute. And so I didn't really care. And I figured not enough people were listening to it where anyone would even like judge me if I pivoted. So. <laughs> and also, because everything was already linked to the whole podcast, Apple, blah, blah, you know, that whole fucking thing, right? Like rate and review us, subscribe on iTunes, like all that shit. Because of all that was going on, it was already like too much of a hassle. So I just, I just gave up. And I was like, well, I ain't fucking with this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, and that is how the magic happened. <laughs> Which reminds me, I should probably log into my podcast account on iTunes to make sure it's actually working. Um, yeah, and that was it. That was that. That's my introduction on what this podcast. Oh, well, I'm not explaining what it is, but but. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Did I mention I'm delirious right now? Okay, so. What the podcast really is, is kind of my stream of consciousness. And I kind of talk about, in the moment, what I'm working on, how I'm working on, how am I doing it. And, and I feel like there are some nuggets in there. Like the episode prior, <laughs> which was a real doozy, I literally explained for two hours my entire audio, digital audio workstation session. Like getting my notation software to talk to my Logic Pro X software. Basically, I find things that I could not easily find online that I had to literally jimmy-rig and figure out for myself. This is a great place to talk about that, I think, because if you're listening to this and you're trying to do the same thing, I got an answer, and then you don't have to spend a week of breaking things. You can kind of learn. Um, I think also pipelines, like production, getting from a score to recording musicians, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, to me, this is the type of podcast I would listen to um, and I would be entertained by. I know there are very few people like me, so that's why there's very few people that listen to this, but that that is what Making Sparkles is. It's a cute name. Um, all of my video game handles are Sparkle Pony Bear, um, but no, it is no longer a podcast about making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear. Um, but I'm not going to retire the title. So there you go. How you like them apples? Um, so now we've kind of done that. <laughs> All right, we're going to regroup. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about what I'm actually working on now. Um, the Book of Arius. And after re-recording this part five times... <laughs> Long story short, and boy was I going on tangents in this deleted audio files that you'll never hear. Um, so basically what happened was I kind of took all of this life's work, right? I, I released uh, an album called 1981, which was like 10 years worth of instrumental work that had never been released. Threw it in an album, put it on Spotify, said, fuck it, listen to it if you want. Um, I'd shelved the two musicals I was working on and The Infinite, which was about basically the divorce between Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth, um, and, then make, and then Sparkle Pony Bear, which was what Making Sparkles was originally about. So I realized, and I've always realized I had like serious mommy issues, <laughs> came from a very dysfunctional home, and I kept having this reoccurring nightmare, and 
through that process, I started really thinking about what if there were these three separate characters from three separate points in time and they all actually communicate and exist and share with each other in the same reoccurring dream. And, and that's what the Book of Arius is about. It's about three separate characters kind of sharing the same dream and they're all on this journey and they're all trying to figure out why they're all sharing this dream together um, and they're all three of them are trying to figure out what is the what's the end game, right? There, there's this. Each of them have this suppressed memory that I codename the darkness that all three of them are trying to explore, and they realize quickly through the story that the only way all three, the only way they each of them can uncover what the darkness is, is if all three of them work together to figure this out. Um, <clears throat> and then in that, you've got character dynamics. So, you know, it's a real fun roll up. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, I hadn't really known, like I just started to score out ideas for what it would sound like. I didn't know if it would be sung or not. Um, and then I didn't know how long it would be and I didn't know what it was supposed to be. Um, but as I kind of laid out just earlier, I didn't want to work with singers, so I had to kind of scrap singing. Didn't really want to work in theater so the idea of a musical or modern dance piece or whatever it would become that kind of got scrapped so but I really enjoyed working on the re-release of my old instrumental work the 1981 album so so because of that I decided I would do clearly the most financially lucrative option <laughs> and turn this into basically a 13 track instrumental album so and then later on, use the actual kind of prose, the narrative element that I'm writing out to kind of create my own like music videos. Um, so by keeping the two projects separate, the music video versus the music, I could just focus on the music, what I excel and do best. And then as time allots and how I feel the need, I can kind of progress forward and I can create music videos. Um, and so the hope is at the end of all, 13 segments, I have 13 music videos that kind of tell these little narrative elements in my unique animation way, because I do like to dabble in the animation, um, and, and kind of take that and just run with it. Um, sorry, I'm multitasking. And so, <laughs> you know, and maybe I could splice it together. Maybe it could be a movie, maybe a film of sorts. I don't know. I don't really give a fuck. All I want is the first and foremost priority is to turn this into an album. Um, and again, about these three very different characters from three unique points in time. Um, the time frame I'm kind of looking at, though, because I'm so politically motivated right now, as everyone should be, um, is kind of right when Trump becomes elected, Trump creates an entire totalitarian regime that creates just a horrible climate and then a point in time where after all of that where everyone kind of wakes up and goes what the fuck are we letting these rednecks say and do <laughs> so so that so that's the book of arius that that's the setup right so instrumental and then through instrumentation i kind of went I really enjoyed some of the keyboard synth distorted kind of grungy sounds I was creating when I was doing In the Infinite. Um, and I really enjoyed some of the earlier string quartet 
work I was working on. Not the stuff for commercials that was paying the rent, but just my little side things that I was enjoying. So I kind of wanted to focus on a string quartet, and then I had these little synth things that I was working on and sounds. Um, and then overall music production, kind of using... Um, instead of producing the album like a conventional instrumentalist would, I instead wanted to produce it like a punk rock producer would, like basically how I've been doing it for the past 15 fucking years. Um, and, and so that kind of catches us up to what Book of Arius is. Um, and so now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm banging through this, bitches. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to kind of talk about what we've done with the Book of Arius up to this point and basically bring us up, catch us up to speed as to why I'm even having the time to do this episode to just recap things. Because really what I'm doing is I'm just waiting for a meeting that I'm supposed to have on Thursday that's going to outline the entire trajectory. Trajectory trajectory moving forward did i mention my dog almost died <laughs> but he's okay he's not dead yet <laughs> god yet that's a morbid thought oh god the day he dies is the day i end up dying i think oh poor mitch okay so <clears throat> that's where we're at we, we we got through that um and then the past couple episodes you saw me jimmy rigging and kind of figuring out how i wanted to score the book of arius um and using segment one and some other plot points to kind of figure that out so so i started with kind of a rudimentary soundscape that i wrote purely using logic pro x some plugins some pianos and and just kind of monkeying around and then from that I had Kaylee Drain taking passes at it with, with fine-tooth fine comb notes about, well, this section's kind of this and this. And then from that, I kind of built it out further. So when, when Sheena was satisfied with what we had done or what I had composed without actually composing anything, well, I composed it, but I didn't write it out. Like, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see, like, screenshots of, like, me with archive paper with chicken scratch notes and, and kind of stuff like that. And then that's where the last episode came in, where in a very, very long, long way, I explained, form way, <laughs> I explained how I scored it. So then I went into finale, I scored everything, and then I added dynamic markings and made it presentable so someone with a string quartet could actually hear it. Um, and that, that kind of brought us segment one. What the meeting is that I'm waiting on and what's really going to happen now is where the meat and potatoes kind of starts to come up. So so Thursday we're having a score review meeting. So she's going to come back with all of her notes on the scores. Um, so far she seems to like the scores, so I'm optimistic. It's not going to be a browbeating session, but... Um, we're going to further refine them. I'm sure there's going to be some edits that need to be made. Um, how a composer or a pianist or even a violinist reads a score, it's going to be different than how a cellist or a violist reads a score. So, so you always have to make the scores as readable for the instrument in question as humanly possible. Um, and that, that comes from years of experience. So the happier your instrumentalists are, the faster you get the recording done, the better quality you get. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just more paying for your buck. It ends up being cheaper to spend more time drafting a proper score. 
so so that that is the Thursday meeting, and then after that, we're gonna go over actually recording segment one. I have not decided if I want to record each segment by segment in individual sessions or if I want to use segment one as purely just the um, experimental kind of launch pad and then bang everything else out at once or maybe do like kind of a hybrid like, you know, mix of the two. I don't really know yet. I haven't decided that. Um, I'm kind of thinking though segment by segment, song by song might be more fun for me. Um, but let's talk about cost. So a music supervisor is also like a music contractor in that um, generally you give them a budget, a list of expectations, and then they just take the money in bulk and then they just kind of disperse and do what they need to do. So, so my budget that I've appropriated so far for segment one is $1,500, and I've already kind of listed out. $1,500 uh, needs to buy me a studio that preferably is running Logic Pro X, so I can easily take the file and load it into my own studio system. Um, needs to build out for a string quartet um, for their costs to record um, basically one song, um, and then, you know, that was pretty much, <laughs> I was like, this is how we're going to do it. Um, all the mixing and post I'm going to do on my own, which is why I want the studio itself to have Logic Pro X, because then I don't have to fucking worry about all that shit. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's the hope. And that, so far she seems like this is doable. So what we're kind of looking at is basically like a five hour day. So five hours, it gives an hour for rehearsal, an hour for setup, because mic setup, most studios always forget to tell you, takes like at least an hour, regardless of how long you're recording. Um, and then that gives us about two and a half hours of wiggle room to be able to actually record the bad boy. Because uh, <laughs> it will take about two, two and a half hours to record a seven minute song. And that's because you have multiple takes, you have different directions, you want you want as meant you want to record as much as humanly possible. So when you're in mixing, you don't have to re-record anything. Um so so far that seems to be in line. I think that if the recording session, which we're looking at <clears throat> I think I think we're looking like September. So middle, mid of September is when we'll actually probably record segment one. Um, at that point, I'll know a lot more. And that's where I think these episodes are going to progress towards. So, so the future, <laughs> Making Sparkles, a podcast about not making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear, where the trajectory of this show is going to be is while I'm writing the additional segments and working on the narrative elements, which I'll be also updating, um, there will also be the chronology and the build-up to the big Segment 01 um, September recording session. So I still think I'm going to be doing this weekly um, and updating because I'll still be writing the other parts and doing other stuff. But I think this way I have an audio track record of what worked, what didn't work, and what needs to be improved upon in the future. And then that way, if anyone else is working on a project that they want to record and they're gearing up for, um, then this is the opportunity. So so this is why I this is why I like this as a recap episode. We're recapping everything um 
with the exception of really going into what happened last episode, which was two hours of technical, this is how you run an IAC driver to map your MIDI from Finale into your MIDI in Logic Pro X. That's its own standalone treat. But moving forward, um, be able to kind of catalog these things. And then this way, people that are also working on, probably more prone to like working on their EPs would be the closest thing this would be aligned with. Um, at least that way it kind of shows you. Um, also shows you that most of what I'm doing, I'm doing in my home studio with Logic Pro X. I'm even recording this podcast on my basic Logic Pro X system. Um, I'm going into a studio with live musicians because I want as pristine a quality of recording of the string sounds. But again, any band using Logic Pro X or GarageBand or Cubase or you know Pro Tools, you can do the, I used to do almost everything I released in 1981 was actually recorded in my home studios um, throughout the years. Like I, I very seldom go into an expensive studio unless I really, really need to. I think for me, now that I've grown up, I'm just really lazy and I don't feel like having to play audio engineer to the level it takes to mic a string quartet properly. So I'm willing to pay for that. <laughs> I think there's also a, a level of comfort that professional musicians have going into a studio versus going into a home rig. Um, a home rig setup can be very... Um, confuse a lot of musicians especially musicians that get paid um so i don't know i obviously have a splitting headache and that's because i've been up taking care of this fucking dog <laughs> um so i'm gonna kind of leave it at that uh it's a weird recap i know um is it a little out of sorts probably is it entertaining i don't know maybe is it rewarding well for me because i love hearing myself talk so if you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're hearing this on iTunes and not on SoundCloud, if you're hearing this on any other platform, I'm available. Facebook, TC Crosser, so it's T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. -S -S -E I do not have an actual website. I've thought about it, and I'm lazy, so maybe when I get sponsored by Squarespace, I'll create one and tell you how great it is, but that's never going to happen. So, again... Um, just find me on social media and SoundCloud also, because that's where I post everything, including all the tracks I reference, all the albums, all the music, everything's on SoundCloud, um, as well as, uh, the 1981 album is on Spotify. And again, it's T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. And with that, I'm going to continue taking care of my dog and I'm going to take a much needed crash. So everyone... Live long, prosper. Yeah, have a good one. <laughs> Bye.